Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast, a show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league, but more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm not a fantasy expert, more of a fantasy coach. Here to encourage you and help you win and find meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. And the fantasy season is winding down. It is final four week for for most fantasy leagues. And so on today's show, I will share some of my thoughts heading into the weekend. And as always, I won't always be right, but I hope I'll be convincing. And it has been a lot of fun doing this show each week. And would love to hear from you as a fantasy owner. Uh, what did you think of the show? How did your teams do? Maybe what, what was I most wrong about that you, uh, you remember from the year? Was there anything that uh, maybe I was right about? I had somebody tell me yesterday that uh, the Chase Claypool early in the year uh, was a good one. So uh, he's actually fizzled out the last couple of weeks, but I've got some thoughts on that in a little bit. But, uh, but would love to know who the players are that, uh, that popped up throughout your season, uh, right or wrong. So uh, shoot me an email. Fantasy at unpackingit.com. Fantasy at unpackingit.com. Today on the show, we will discuss uh, what I'm convinced of, and I'll let you know uh, some of the mistakes that I made this season. And, and so we'll, we'll look at it from a, a faith perspective as well. So we'll, we'll save that for the, the end of the show. But let's begin as I share with you how my four fantasy teams did this previous week and kind of where I stand heading into Final Four week in in fantasy football. So I I actually went one in three last week. And so I'm sad. It's devastating. And so I've got one team still alive, a a league that I've I've won a lot uh, over the years. So it's a, a league that I've thrived in. But I will say that of the four teams left, I am fourth ranked. I'm the fourth ranked team. So if I do win this year, it'll be a little bit of a long shot, but uh, I like being in the mix. The, the other teams that I lost, I'll, I'll explain kind of why I lost uh, at the end. But, but basically, the one league, I was fourth in points, but just didn't do enough in the first round of the playoffs. I, I had such a monster week the week before, and then my guys laid an egg the following week. So that was a bummer. And then the other league that I lost, the Fantasy Football Fellowship League, uh, lost to to Chris, and he just had a huge week, and I couldn't get enough from the running back position, uh, or the quarterback position for that matter. So uh, my wide receivers were great, but but man, when you're weak, it's just it makes it hard to to win in the playoffs. You, you got to be well balanced. You got to be loaded with some some top end talent at each position, and it just wasn't the case for me. Joe Mixon being hurt didn't help uh, when that was my second round pick. So. Uh, That was a bummer there. And then in the FFF 32 league, I was the Los Angeles Chargers, and I lost to the Colts because the Colts had a monster week. So we changed the schedule a little bit for the playoffs, and so I was uh, paired against the Colts. So they won. They move on. But actually a nice surprising year for the Chargers considering how bad they were in real life, 
fantasy-wise, uh, not too bad. So, uh, so one and three, but uh, but overall, I, yeah, I feel pretty good about the season. But I can, I, I was analyzing my my teams and some of my decisions, and there were just some clear you know mistakes that I made, and I'll share those in a little bit. So let's uh, let's look at kind of from from last week's show where I was wrong and maybe where I misled you. I always like to hold myself accountable and you hold me accountable each week. So here's what I said on last week's show. I said that I was convinced New York Giants players are going to help you win. Yikes. Very wrong about that. So uh, (laughs) the funny thing is I was like really anti-Giants early in the season, and I should have just stuck with that. But uh, but I got excited after they beat the uh, the Seahawks, I guess. So uh, big, big whiff on that one. And then the second thing I said last week, Cam Akers is good and the best back, but the Rams still aren't trustworthy. So where do we come out on that one? I, I guess I was right. I guess I was wrong. I guess I was both because Cam Akers, I, I saw that he was good because I could see him play, but I just didn't trust the Rams. But sure enough, last, I guess, Thursday night, they, they gave him the rock and he absolutely dominated huge day for Cam Akers, and I did put him in my lineup, so I, I did reap the benefits. That was the one league that I won last week, so I, I still, going in, I, I absolutely stand by what I said. They, the, the Rams weren't trustworthy, because all year long, they did the committee. They finally realized, oh, yeah, Cam Akers is really good. Let's go with him. I think the same could have been true maybe for Henderson, but they just would never really commit to him or commit to anybody so they finally committed to cam Akers. and so what does that mean moving forward i think cam is is worthy i would feel very comfortable putting him in the flex moving forward uh depending on your roster some rb2 question marks and eh, maybe but I, I think hey the the rams they uh they're fighting for a playoff spot they know that they need to rely on on cam they know they, they saw what he's capable of last week when they give him enough carries I think they stick with him. I really do. So we'll uh, we'll flip flop on that a little bit and go go all in on Cam Akers. And then last week I also said that I'm convinced T. Y. Hilton uh, is worth having in lineups during the playoffs, and that absolutely was correct in Week One of the playoffs. And and I say ride it out. And my point was last week that those types of players, guys that maybe struggled even early in the regular season, that have a track record of being really good fantasy players you know well-known names and then later in the season they start to get it together well you can trust them because we know what T.Y. Hilton is all about um and so whatever you know for whatever reason he was struggled struggled early in the year that's all right we move on if you picked him up off off waivers uh you're in good shape uh so I actually I played him last week and and he was awesome you know I've been on the Colts bandwagon this year they're really coming on I'll talk about Jonathan Taylor in a little bit but Philip Rivers is doing just enough, and and they've got they've got some weapons there. So uh, I I like the Colts a lot. They they showed that they can kind of light it up offensively. Maybe maybe not every week. Some of it is of course in a lot of cases matchup dependent. But at least they're they are capable of scoring some big points if they need to. I think they can win some ugly games too. That's why I really like the the, the Colts even in the playoffs from a, a real life standpoint because they have the defense. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm remaining on that bandwagon. All right, so the other uh, issue on this show over the last couple of weeks, you know, what do you do with Christian McCaffrey? And I was on the side, why would the Panthers bring him back? There's no reason to play him. And then last week when I recorded the show, 
I was like, oh, I guess I was wrong. McCaffrey's going to play against the Broncos. He loves football. He, he's just a football player. He wants to play. And then, sure enough, the Panthers don't play him. And, and so, ultimately, I guess my, my gut feeling was correct on that. But I, you know, trying to read the, the tea leaves and try to guess, oh, is McCaffrey going to play or not? At this point, he's done. There's no way they're playing him. Uh, I mean, I'd be shocked. If you are still in the playoffs and you have Christian McCaffrey, good for you because you've been waiting, waiting, waiting. And, and hopefully you picked up Mike Davis because he's going to be the more reliable guy down the stretch to help you win a championship. But most likely, teams that had Christian McCaffrey, especially teams that drafted McCaffrey, are no longer in the playoffs. Um, again, unless you got Mike Davis on waivers. But even then, eh, if you had Mike Davis, you're probably still alive. I mean, of course, it depends on the rest of your roster. But, uh, but just kind of a tough situation for McCaffrey and the Panthers this year, not, not being able to get him healthy. Uh, and, and remain out on the field. So hopefully next year he comes back. It'll be interesting to see how high he goes in drafts. I assume he'll still be a top three pick. I'll be curious if Derrick Henry moves up to gain a little bit more respect in fantasy drafts. He still seems to slip a little bit. At least he did this year. Um, again, I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit. All right, so let's see. Uh, the other thing I missed last week, I, I was so wrong about the Eagles Really whiffed on that one. Miles Sanders, oh my goodness, what a great day for him. Jalen Hurts, a tremendous day for him. I sided with the Saints' strong defense, which had been strong all year long. And, of course, you heard by now, you know, the Saints hadn't given up a 100-yard rusher in 55 games, and then they give up two 100-yard rushers in the same game. So, from a fantasy perspective, we have to to use the information that we have and you know you can make gut you know decisions and if you really thought oh I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts this week it would have been a little crazy to do that you would have reaped the benefits of that but I don't think that was a wise decision to start Hurts and I think with Miles Sanders you drafted him so high you've probably you know you've needed him to be in your starting lineup at least as a running back too so you probably started him maybe with some hesitancy uh, or hesitation but um, what they did was just a shocker. I mean, that was just a surprising victory. As bad as the Eagles have been this year, it was just a pleasant surprise. However, they, they have Arizona this week, and Arizona has actually done well against rushing quarterbacks. So Cam, Josh Allen, those types of players haven't really thrived against the Cardinals. So there is no guarantee that Jalen Hurts matches what he did last year or last week. Uh, that, that, that just doesn't – there's no – I would be very, very hesitant, again, to put Hurts in your lineup this week that, in the playoffs. I think it would be a little crazy. Miles Sanders, you should be fine. I, I'd put him in. At least the atmosphere in Philly is much better so they go into this game with some confidence. They don't have that negative dark cloud hanging over Philadelphia, at least for this week. So, yes, start Miles Sanders. I would not be crazy enough to put Jalen Hurts in. I could be wrong. Go for it. If you've if you got nobody else and you've lost, maybe your starting quarterback or you know maybe had Drew Brees or whatever. I'm trying to think of other quarterbacks that have really hurt you. Maybe, I mean, I don't know if you're relying on Alex Smith, but most of the top quarterbacks have been pretty healthy this year, which is nice for... For, for most people. So uh, I've been riding the Ben Roethlisberger bandwagon, so that has that has had its up, ups and downs. 
<laughs> so, all right. So there you go. That, those are some of my uh, my misses from from last week, and and kind of my thoughts in regards to where that leaves us heading into this weekend. All right, let me get into a couple of the uh, the things I'm convinced this week, and I'm hesitant to to figure out how to word this, but I'm convinced you have to play healthy guys this week in the playoffs. And I know that sounds obvious. We're in a really interesting position especially this year but it's true every year because everybody is banged up everybody's injured but there are certain players that have been fighting through injury fighting through injury and it's like one injury after another those are the guys we really have to be careful putting into our lineup and expecting them to have a big day because now when you add the hammy the ankle the finger it's like all right, how much does this guy have left? And and maybe you've relied on him and he's been good. And I just think if you look at your bench and you go, man, this guy's actually been, this other guy has been playing well the last couple of weeks. Maybe he's not as big of a name, but he's been reliable and this other guy is injured. Don't don't be too scared to play the other guy. Um, so I, maybe I'm speaking to somebody today. Somebody may need to hear that. You're 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 playing that banged up guy, and he barely helped you last week. He got you like ten points. You squeaked by your first round matchup, but you need a big week this week. So who's going to give you the better better week? It might be the healthy guy that that may have maybe he hasn't put up as much point as many points as your 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 normal starter, but your normal starter is banged up, and so. You know, really read the reports. I don't like to talk a ton about injuries on the show because they, they change constantly with what, how somebody's feeling and, and who, who's going to be available and all that kind of thing. But I, I get real nervous with questionable guys this time of year. The flip side of that, though, you may look at your roster and everybody's questionable. And, and so then, then at that point, you go with whoever has been more reliable in the last four weeks. And that, that, to me, is how you can kind of gauge that. So, I don't know. Hopefully that's helpful a little bit. I, I just I get really nervous where you're like, oh, okay, this guy's questionable. Is he going to play? Oh, at the last second, he's good to go. And then he's playing at half speed, and he's just really not up to play. And, and he's going to give you nothing this week, and it's going to cost you. And you're going to look at your bench and go, oh, man, I should just put that guy in there. It, it's, it's really, really tricky. Like, for instance, for me, I have Julio Jones, which you know I don't like Julio Jones. I got him for a steal late in the season, trading with a, a guy that was out of the playoffs. And I'm really hesitant to play Julio because he's banged up. And it's like he hasn't done anything in recent weeks. And so, you know, do I play maybe a lesser lesser guy? Uh, so that, that's something I'm, I'm going to have to factor in this week. Um, all right, so the other thing I'm convinced of, I'm convinced that Cooper Cup will have a huge day against the Jets. And Robert Woods is one of those guys that's a little banged up. It looks like he's going to play, but, but especially if he's out, Cooper Cup's going to have a great day, especially early in the first half. He'll get his, his touchdown. He'll get some nice catches to start the game. So I think him and Cam Akers will have a good day. They'll get up big on the Jets, and Akers probably will be able to ride it out a little bit in the second half, get some more carries. But, but Cup in the first half will, uh, will, will produce well for, for fantasy owners this week. All right, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig deep into 
some other players that you're probably you know wondering about this week and 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 here's here's what I'm convinced of don't base every decision every lineup decision on what this player did last week okay because it's very easy to do where you go ooh he was terrible last week I can't trust him this week or there's a guy where you go oh man he was so good last week I got to put him in my lineup and and so it's just not always the case you got to look at the Again, you got to factor everything in this time of year. Weather, matchups, um, health, and what has he done the last four weeks? And what did he do against this team maybe early in the season? Because a lot of divisional games will take place the next couple of weeks as well. Um, and so, all right, another big day for Aaron Rodgers. You're good to go with him. You're good to go with Derrick Henry, even though, what was it, two weeks ago he struggled. And last week I said, hey, have peace about Derrick Henry. He'll be fine. So he had a big week last week. He'll be big again. I, I think at this point, following Monday Night Football, Baltimore and Cleveland, I think you can feel good about Lamar Jackson and, and dare I say, Baker Mayfield, at least some of the Browns players. Like I think both Baltimore, Baltimore flipped the switch, so they're playing now with some confidence and, and renewed energy. And then Cleveland, they're going to be hungry after that loss. They still played great. That game could have gone either way. Baltimore had the ball last. They won. I don't think Cleveland needs to be discouraged by any means. Or we need to, we're definitely not discouraged as fantasy owners because it was such a high scoring day. I would feel good with, with both, both Baker, Lamar, Chubb, even Kareem Hunt, J.K. Dobbins, all those guys I'm feeling good about. I'm also feeling good for another big day for Jonathan Taylor. He had a monster game with Indy. This is their guy. They're going to ride him the rest of the way. Keep Jonathan Taylor in your lineup. You'll be good to go. A.J. Brown in Tennessee. You can continue to trust him. I know he's been a little banged up. Just with his body type, he's still such a big weapon. He gets separation just with his size. He can score touchdowns, get some key catches. He'll do enough for you uh, to warrant starting this week yet again. Mike Gesicki in Miami. I'm a little hesitant with some of the other players in Miami, but but Gesicki is good to go. Three double-digit performances in a row, a big week last week. I think it continues. Here are some guys I do not trust this week specifically. Just if you base it on, oh, they had a huge week last week. Drew Locke, still not trusting him. I can't roll him out as my fantasy playoff starter. So hopefully that you're not even in that situation. That, it seems outrageous, but he did have a big week last week uh, against the Panthers. But don't expect that again. Russell Wilson, I, I know it sounds crazy, but he had a huge week, 30 points against the Jets. But before that, the last two weeks, he had 14 points and 15 points. So there's no guarantee that Russell Wilson is going to light it up for you. Most likely, you're going to put him in no matter what, but I wouldn't count on the 30 points again. Now, he's capable of it. We know he's awesome. We know he's great. But I look back at those last two weeks and think, oh, I don't know. I don't know how trustworthy he is week in, week out. It's nice to put up 30 against the Jets, but can Russell Wilson keep it going? There's a question mark there. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, I definitely don't trust in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, I don't know what to make of the Bears. They're a crazy team. I, 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 I'm staying away from the Bears, but you could probably uh, roll with David Montgomery. But other than that, I, and Allen Robinson. I mean, those two guys, for the most part, throughout the season, you've been able to rely on them. Outside of those two guys, I'm hesitant. And then here's one to definitely keep an eye on. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, I prefer Lazard, and and so with MVS, he had 20 last week. Oh, yeah, all right, he's going to do it again. Well, yeah, the previous two weeks he had negative 
zero, and 6.5. Not trustworthy. I'm I'm not putting him in my lineup just based on 20 points last week. Um, I'm also really hesitant with Jacksonville's wide receivers. I, I just don't know who to go with. Keelan Cole has had big weeks. He had a big one last week. And, and, and they're going with Gardner Minshew. They've been good like at times. Like the, the Jacksonville offense actually hasn't been that bad this year, considering. I love James Robinson. Um, he continues to get it done, double digits every week. But the wide receivers make me nervous. All right, here are some players that I'm convinced that you really can consider to have a, a, a big game this week, even though last week or even in recent weeks they haven't had as big of days. And, and that's Leonard Fournette. They're going to they're gonna run the ball. Ronald Jones will be out. Tom Brady needs a balanced offense. And Leonard Fournette will be the recipient of that this week. I can't stand the way that they've run the ball this year in Tampa Bay. I've, I've mentioned that multiple times. But I think Leonard Fournette should get enough opportunity this week with Ronald Jones out. So if you need him as a flex spot, I, I think you can do that. Uh, Adam Thielen, I, I, I still I think you, you have to trust him as at least a wide receiver two, maybe a wide receiver one, even though he had a down week last week. It cost me in one of my leagues, uh, which was devastating. Um, but I'm still not taking him out of lineups. And then Chase Claypool, two bad games in a row, but I expect a bounce-back game for Pittsburgh, and I think they will work to get him the ball, especially they don't trust Deontay Johnson as much, and I think they got to think, hey, we got to get Claypool the ball. When we were thriving as an offense, he was heavily involved. So get him in your lineup, at least as a flex, wide receiver two, possibly, based on your roster. All right, so that, those are my thoughts this week. And, and so let, let's get to the Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook, and hopefully you've enjoyed going along with me this year in the playbook. It's basically a, a book that we wrote about fantasy uh, football, life, and faith, and each week we take a fantasy concept related to the Bible. If you never bought your book, I, I hope you'll, you'll consider buying it. Uh, you can go to fantasyfootballfellowship.com. You can read it next year. You can also uh, encourage your whole league to get the book. You guys can go through the book together each week. You could do you know, Zoom calls and, and do it that way or, or possibly meet in person and, and just connect in, in that way throughout the season. If you want to get more involved with Fantasy Football Fellowship kind of directly in the leagues that we have here and, and be a part of the, the call that we do, talking about the book, uh, would love to have you involved with that. You can email me, fantasy at unpackingit.com. Fantasy at unpackingit.com. All right, so this is the, the final Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast of 2020. I, I hope to do kind of a yearly recap show uh, in, in January, kind of look back at the whole Fantasy Football season. Uh, but, but specifically today, I, I want to look back on the bad decisions that I personally made, and, and I, I'm, I'm guessing you can relate to some of these. And, and so this week's topic in the book, it's called Consequences for Bad Decisions. And, and the quote that I used at the beginning of the chapter uh, is from Vince Lombardi, where he says, mistakes are the necessary steps in the learning process. Once they have served their purpose, they should be forgotten and not repeated. And, and so for, for us as fantasy owners, I think it's, it's important for us to look back at some of the bad decisions that we did make either during the draft or during the season, you know, lineup mistakes, waiver wire mistakes, the trades that we made, and, and evaluate 
so that next year we can learn from those uh, mistakes and, and be a better fantasy owner. And, and so the reality, though, when we do make these mistakes is there are consequences for those mistakes. And, and so I look back at here are some of my, my mistakes this year. I, I drafted Josh Jacobs ahead of Derrick Henry. I took Joe Mixon ahead of Travis Kelsey. And I also, you know, just these were unfortunate circumstances, but George Kittle and Cortland Sutton both got injured. And so that was a big reason why I lost. Um, you know, the other bad draft pick that I had, I took Devin Singletary over Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> you know, I, I also took Ezekiel Elliott, and, and that was not a great decision anyway, uh, looking back. But at the time, I think it was a fine, it was a fine decision. It felt like a safe pick. And so those were some of the mistakes I made. And then also, I, I waited too late to get a quarterback this year. And really, Big Ben didn't give me a, enough, and really enough big games. Like, he was solid, but in order to really win some of those, those tough matchups against other good fantasy teams, you got to get production from your quarterback you know, when you're going up against Mahomes and you're going up against Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen. And, and they're putting up 30, 35, 40, 50 sometimes, and Big Ben's giving you 20, 25. It's just not cutting it. So that hurt me this year. And then also I went all in on Carson Wentz, and that was a big bust and, and a big whiff. So that was probably you know, my biggest mistake this year, not valuing the quarterback position enough and, and targeting some of those. Yeah, really, I mean, ultimately striking out on Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen. Those are the two guys you wanted to get this year. And so I, I, I went Wentz and Big Ben. They just weren't as productive as Rodgers and Allen. Because you actually could get those guys late. So I guess as I analyze, that was kind of the, the, the miss there. A um, little bit unlucky, but yeah, I should have known better about Aaron Rodgers especially. And so, uh, you know, then the other mistake I made is I, I, I played it safe at times. Put my, I, I put together rosters that didn't have many guys that were boom or bust. And, and I would say that I probably needed one or two late round draft picks where a guy had maybe a little bit higher of a ceiling, even if his his floor was lower. Usually I, I went high floor where, all right, I know this guy's going to give me 10 points. I know he's going to give me 10 points. And, and this year that was kind of my mentality, especially with the Rona kind of hanging over all of us, um, especially in fantasy. But, but I think moving forward, I got to throw in a couple, couple boomer bust guys, a couple p- big potential guys late in drafts. And so those were some of the, the bad decisions that, that I made. And, and so, you know, it's important that we look back, we admit these, these bad decisions. We know that they cost us. You know, for me, it cost me a first-round playoff win um, in, some, in some of these leagues. And so those, those are the, the mistakes that I have to, to own up to. And so when it comes to bigger picture, decisions in life, the choices that we make, I think we have to evaluate our, our lives as well. And, and, and the most important decision that each of us has to make is, who is Jesus? And is God real? Did God send Jesus to be born, to die on the cross, to rise again, to save us from our sin? And so we have to decide that if we, whether or not we believe that to be true. Do we believe that the Bible is true and that we're going to live according to that Bible and that we're going to acknowledge that I have made mistakes. I am a sinner. I'm in need of a Savior. And that Jesus is the only Savior for me because I can't save myself. And, and, and you know, you look across 
other religions or other options and they're they're not they're they're not offering the the grace and and forgiveness that that Jesus offers that he's the one that paid the punishment for us and so ultimately we have to to make that choice and understand that there are consequences if we choose to not believe and if we choose not to follow Jesus and so it says in the bible that for the wages of sin is death but the free gift of god that is his remarkable overwhelming gift of grace to believers is eternal life in Christ Jesus our lord and the bible also says that he that, that god is so rich that he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins so again it was jesus that that paid the price for us on the cross and and so the consequence of of our sin is death and and the consequence of of you know not not believing that Jesus is the one that paid the punishment for us is is death and thankfully that because Jesus took care of that that punishment for us we can receive his grace we can receive eternal life and and receive his salvation. And so what are the consequences for following Jesus? Well, they're blessings. They're blessings that we, we receive in, in following Jesus. And so we're, we, we, we're, you know, we're given peace and joy and eternal life and, and uh, you know, eternal security and confidence and uh, all that, that comes along with the, the joys of walking with Jesus each day. Now, this, this earth is difficult and challenging, and we understand that. And, and so it doesn't mean we're free from all the problems and, and issues that, that come in this life, but thankfully the the consequence or the joy and the experience of following Jesus, he gives us the strength uh, to get through the difficulties that we do face here on earth. And and so the reality is for us, as we look back at our, our lives and, and even as we begin to follow Jesus and, and throughout our life as we follow Jesus, we still make mistakes. And, and you think about the fantasy owners that, are, that even make it to the championship, they still make mistakes. Um, but, but for us, we rest in the grace that we have in Christ, and, and because of Jesus, we are forgiven. And, and so we're able to continue to move forward, not dwell on our mistakes, but understand that ultimately we're going to receive the, and experience victory in Christ uh, be, because he defeated death and he paid the punishment for us. And, and so that's what we cling to. That's where we place our hope and our faith uh, in, in Jesus. And so the Bible also says, uh, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. And so, you know, as a fantasy owner is on the journey throughout a season, he's always, you know, looking to make the right decision and he'll fall short at times and make a emotional decision and, and, you know, not maybe have all the information and the wisdom that's needed to, to make the right choice in fantasy. And and same for us that, that we are going to have off days and we're going to get emotional and we're going to allow our sinful nature to, to win out, but ultimately, if our desire is to live for Christ, to live in His Spirit that He gives us, that when we receive Jesus, we receive His Spirit to lead us and guide us, and and ultimately, we desire to please 
God and, and, and live with him for eternity, that, that we will reap the, the benefits, the blessings, the joys that come from a life with Christ both now and for eternity. And so hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully the, the parallel uh, makes sense that, that ultimately there are consequences for sin, which is death. And there are consequences even here on earth that when we make bad choices, we deal with the consequences. We understand that. We see that you know, all around us. But because God sent Jesus, and that's what we're celebrating this Christmas, that he sent Jesus to be born, to die on the cross, to pay the punishment for us, and, and that we can then place our hope and faith and trust in him and, and be forgiven. And we can look back at our mistakes and, and learn from them, but ultimately we move on from them because they're no longer held against us uh, in the same way because Jesus stepped in. And what a wonderful truth and, and reality that is. And so I hope for all of you listening today that you've experienced that, that grace, that love of God. And, and so we'd love to talk to you more about it if you have any thoughts or questions or if anything didn't, didn't make sense today. But um, but I hope that that's, that's, that's the encouragement to, to all of us, that, that there is hope and, and that there is forgiveness. So regardless of the mistakes that we made in fantasy, we'll, we'll learn, we'll move on, we'll uh, get ready for, for next year. And, and we, did, we dealt with some consequences this year. I hate to be out of the playoffs in a couple leagues, but, uh, but excited for the, the victory I at least have in one league for now. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll rest in that from a fantasy perspective and, and in life and faith the the victory that we have in Jesus. So I hope you have a wonderful Christmas, a happy new year, excited to bring this show back next year. Uh, again, we'd love to know your feedback, fantasy at unpackingit.com. And I hope you enjoyed this show, the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. I wrap it up by saying I'm Bryce Johnson, and I'm a sports fan and a fantasy football owner who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin, he was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the holidays. Don't let fantasy get in the way of enjoying family time, enjoying spending time with the Lord, growing in your faith, but enjoy fantasy uh, as you squeeze it in. So I, uh, hopefully we, we helped you a little bit this year to win some games. Uh, but either way, I hope that you were able to find more meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy football season. We'll talk to you next year right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. <laughs>